Welcome back to Who Are You, a CSI podcast. I am Lauren, and I have seen CSI through and through around three to four times. And I'm Nick, and this is my first time experiencing these episodes. And today we are reviewing Season 1, Episode 12, Fahrenheit 932. Director is Danny Cannon. Writers are Anthony E. Zyker, Jacqueline Zambrone, Zambrona, and Eli Talbert. Original air date is February 1st, 2001. So I'm going to be curious to hear your Vegas score on this one because my notes say that the intro is basically just cuts of a highway to a jail yeah i think it's the first time i gave a zero okay that's there's fair. like one half second clip of a casino at some point later on in the episode and mm. i was just like nope yeah enough. i think in one of the cutaway scenes there's like a like flash mm-hmm. to a casino and then segue into the next scene yeah, i don't know if vegas scores are if this is a sign of the future or just this episode but yeah just a lot of vegas desert road or something mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Yeah. yep yep so we then go to prisoners in an exercise in an exercise yard and then we see a very specific prisoner writing a package to grissom we then see this man drop the package off the package then travels to what we presume is like CSI HQ. We see it being scanned through the scan. We see that it's a VHS tape and then we see it delivered to Grissom. And I had to make a note of this. We have been talking a lot about how Jim Brass has evolved as a character and he was like really stern the few, first few episodes. Yep. And now like he's a little bit more like getting along with his coworkers. And I, I don't like the Jim Brass who, when referring to a VHS tape, says, I hope it's the next oh, yeah. episode of G-String Divas. Yeah, which I don't really remember. Not work appropriate, my friend. I don't, Not work appropriate. I don't really remember that show. I Was assume it on the same network, maybe? No. But it sounds ass- like E-Network style No, television. see, I assumed it was like, oh, what were those like softcore videos? Girls oh, Gone Red, Wild. Red Shoe Diaries? No, Girls Gone uh, Wild. I worked at a Blockbuster and Red Shoe Diaries I, were the I, uh, I worked at a I worked at, DVD, at a DVD <laughs> store, so we definitely had some... Yeah. We couldn't carry the full adult suite of products, but we could carry the like just on the edge suite of well, products. Good news, there is a Wikipedia page for G String Divas. Okay. It's That's a hol- documentary series that aired on HBO. It follows Quote, the lives of strippers working in Bristol, Pennsylvania. Okay. All right. So it was so, a real thing. I just thought it was something that they made up for the show. So here you go. It's a real thing. I, I recognize the name, but like, had no oh, remembrance see, I of like what it was like and i was like is that a real thing or am i just like or does it sound like a real thing yeah i thought he made it up i thought it was like similar to girls gone wild was my was my guess so well, but it's still still not work appropriate the, the, there's only two paragraphs to this wikipedia page and the second one <laughs> uh deter details references to a homicide it Ooh. doesn't have to do with this episode but it'd be okay. interesting if the writers are really into g-string homicides if a later episode is based on this story from g-string divas maybe it'll come back okay all right but i do agree that this it's like a sleazy it's very sleazy i didn't like it i didn't i was like jim brass don't don't be like this it was very uncomfortable (laughs) in i mean out of work that's a pretty edgy comment to make yes but especially Uh, at work in the office not not even just like out in the field or at a bar with co-worker like no you were were sitting in the lunchroom 
Yeah. Basically. Yeah. 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 Not appropriate. So again, as a manager of of people in a corporate environment, not appropriate. So Grissom ends up watching the VHS. It is from a one Frank Damon who says that he has been accused of murdering his wife and son, but he claims that he didn't kill his family and that Grissom is is his last hope of proving that he did not start the fire that killed his wife and son. We then go to credits. So our our credits came at a normal time this episode. Our last episode, it took a while for us to get to credits. Today, I, I feel like this is a normal length of time for us to get to credits. We go to credits. We then go to Grissom in the, I, I call it the lounge area of HQ. The team walks in. We learn that they're supposed to be filling out supervisor evaluation forms on him. Which don't come up again, right? No. I literally got to the end of the episode and I went, whatever happened to this? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. We did not tie off that storyline. Maybe maybe next episode. Maybe next episode. No spoilers. No spoilers. So there is a crime scene with a body in a car at the Monaco. That goes to Nick and Catherine, even though Warwick wants the case. But because there's an undercurrent of gambling possibly being involved, Grissom is very quick to be like, yeah, no, you're not allowed on this case. And so he tells Saren Warwick that they're working with him on investigating, you know, Frank Damon's claims that he's innocent and like revisiting this arson case. We learn that Mr. Damon's case restarts in three days and that Eckley, our arch 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 nemesis, it was the original CSI on the case, so Grissom is is brewing some tea by being willing to reinvestigate a case that Eckley closed. So before we get to do with like the Monaco storyline, we see Jim Brass approaching Grissom in his car out in the parking lot. Jim Brass lets him know that he did some checking on Mr. Damon and the whole, that whole crime scene. And that the wife was like overspending. They were like behind on their house payments because the wife was spending so much money that they detected gasoline in the bedroom and that Mr. Damon had purchased gasoline a week before the fire. So Jim Brass is trying to convince Grissom that there's no point investigating this. This guy is obviously guilty. Just like let sleeping dogs lie, basically. We then go to Catherine and Nick arriving at their crime scene. So they're at a parking garage. Nick very quickly assesses that the victim has died due to a gunshot wound to the head at point blank range. And this kind of sets up for later scenes. But Catherine points out that the victim is quote unquote just a baby as in like a teenager. Not like just a baby as in like three, but as in definitely not an adult. So we see an initial reenactment where the killer was waiting for the victim in the car. So the killer gets in the car, killer's waiting in the backseat, blows him away. It's like the most iconic way in which someone dies. Yes. In any form of media. Yes. And I've never heard of it happening in real life. Like somebody's waiting for you in the backseat, pops up, shoots in the head. Agreed. I will also say I am... And, and and please don't try to find the address of my house, listeners. But I'm not the best about locking. I am at night. I'm not the best about locking my house during the day because I live in a very safe neighborhood. And previously I lived in a very safe neighborhood. And this bothered people that I lived with where they were like, why aren't the doors locked? And I'm like, it's noon on a Tuesday. I don't, I don't know. I'm very good about keeping my car door locked, though. I never, like that is, I get out of my car and I beep, beep. Yeah, as I'm soon as I lock. get out of my car. So, like, no one's getting into my car when I'm not 
there. If, I, if I'm out and about, like even the grocery store or something, my car is always locked. I, but even in my own driveway, even though I feel safe leaving my house unlocked, yeah. I still lock my car. I probably would. I have a garage, mm. and so I tend to leave and my an, car. And an ad for a plumbing company using your house. Yes, yes. <laughs> Which has been true for a while, but it never ceases to amaze me. And my dad is, was researching getting a electric car charger. Oh, the okay. same company does electricity. So okay. yeah. I was like, they better I was give like, you a discount. I, I, I sent him the website and then he's like, oh, that's our house. Yeah. <laughs> discount like, yeah. city. They did our hot water heater in the basement. And okay. the owner, owner's son or whatever was here. And I think he took the photo yeah. during that project. I guess, you know, from the street, it's all just a public photo. That's just like Google Street View. Yeah, but you know? I mean, I still feel like use that to your advantage and see if you can get a discount because your house is yeah. featured in their photo. It has might it not, it might not lead anywhere, but I feel like it's worth a go. Hasn't worked yet. I've mentioned it to every single person. <laughs> <laughs> they just installed a stove for us. It was uh, six hundred dollars. Okay, it was okay. overwhelmingly yep. expensive. But what was I saying about the episode? I don't remember. Oh, oh, yeah. So I. So will this is a very common way of. My, of showing a death, but you've yeah, never yeah. known this to actually be somebody's cause of death. I was going to say, so while I almost always lock my car while I'm out at like a grocery store, I will almost never lock my car when it's parked in my garage. But okay. also, I don't think my house has been locked in eight years. Okay, so good. That makes me feel better because I had a ex. I mean, they weren't an ex at the time. It was my partner at the time. They used to get so angry at me that I'd like during the day have my house unlocked yeah. and I was like it's the middle of the day and I'm home and I might have to like go out and get the mail or take the dogs for a walk or run out to my car to grab something I was like why why am I going to keep my house locked at like one o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon and they yeah. like legitimately used to get angry at me for it, it. and I was like, oh, like I yeah. lock it at the night number, like when number, I'm going to bed I lock my doors yeah I, even we don't do that although we used to do it more, but like again, our neighborhood's also very quiet and rural, and there's police officers who live on our street. It's not yeah. a kind of neighborhood you want to be casing. But I can't tell you the last time there wasn't a human being in this house. We have six adults right. live in this house. Everyone yeah. has a different yeah, schedule. Yeah. Even yeah. when we go on vacation, there's people home, yeah. and so uh, yeah, you're never all out of the house at the same yeah. time. I, I I've barely been alone in the house. <laughs> <laughs> in the last five years nick nick and i had a very different experience during covid yeah. <laughs> wherein i lived by myself during covid and he was never alone during COVID. we played a lot of board games <laughs> watched a lot of movies god mulan directed disney plus yeah that was like yep. the that was like the must-see event of the year that was it was a big it was a big deal i still haven't seen it actually yeah. tiger king yep yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. I, t I totally watched Tiger King and joked with my friends in the reptile world that, like, if they did a reptile version of that, it would be so much worse. It would be so much worse. If CSI, I, I, I was going to say if CSI was around today, but it, there probably is a spinoff or was a spinoff still going at the time. But the Carol Baskin's missing yes, husband we'll would there, be a great CSI episode. So there is, there is a CSI Las Vegas that is current, which is a, like reboot-ish yeah. of the one that we're watching now. There has not been a Carol Baskin storyline, but you never know. Like, maybe that'll happen. But, back to on topic, 
They notice what they think is a hearing aid in the victim's ear, and then they also take note of condensation on the back window. Catherine also finds a giant lot of cash in the car, and there's a ticket on it that says, well, she says giants minus nine. Or no, she says giants... How does she... I'm trying to think of like the right, the, the gambling way to say it. She says giants something nine and nick is like oh you mean giants minus nine yeah i think you would say minus nine yeah so she says it in some other way and then subtract nine or yeah i think she says subtract i think she said like giants subtract nine and nick is like oh no that means giants minus nine it's a bet and so they realize that the bet was placed with teller number 12 so that leads us to Catherine and nick talking to teller number 12 where we learn that the victim was 517 he doesn't know the victim's name yep. he just knows him by his number he was a runner so he was running bets i uh i thought i knew this teller he looked familiar Okay. I thought I was going to have a spot the guest star. Ooh, okay. The whole episode, I was you like... You were like, mm. I can't place him. And then yep. at the end of the episode, I looked it up and nope. I don't know him for anything. Okay, that's fair. I mean, he's been in a lot of other random things, but yep. maybe he was in just like one famous scene in a thing that I've seen. Yeah, and it's like a sticking GIF out of, in your brain. And I just don't... Mm-hmm. I, when I see it, I don't recognize it. Yep. But it was also really confusing because apparently he's mostly a writer and not an actor anymore. Oh, okay. And his IMDb, it took me a while to figure out how to find his acting credits because they're like... Yeah, because it was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So we then go to Grissom arriving at the jail. He is confronted with an inmate who lets him know that the reason that he's in jail is because of Grissom. And then he sits down and talks to Mr. Damon. Oh, wait, hold on. I have to I have to call this out. Okay, Because yes. I'm obsessed with CSI's obsession with shoe print you are yes and, and he the, said yeah he got guy, him on a shoe print I, and he said he said next time i'm gonna go barefoot and grissom's like oh yeah sh- footprint even better That's footprint even better and i thought have we had i couldn't remember it no we've have not we had, had a footprint yet we've not had a footprint yet no we've but had yeah. a, we've had quite a few shoe prints we have not had a footprint an ear yet. we've had an ear print we've had an ear print yep that's yeah. true. So yeah, so footprint. I'm primed for a footprint now. But I just thought it was hilarious that they used. I oh, got me next time. I will wear shoes, and I went. And he goes, oh, footprint even better. I went. I'm so glad that they found a way to work in shoe prints. Yep. This episode. Yep. They do love their. They it, do love it, their shoe prints. It here. made me so happy. So I had to call it up. No, nope, I appreciate it. And so he sits down. And he talks to Mr. Damon. Grissom learns a few things by staring at him. That he reads a lot. That he's well educated. That he works a white collar job we also in this interaction see him like hide his hand away from grissom grissom then asks him fairly what happened and so mr damon said that he left to get ice cream that he came back in 20 minutes he saw the smoke he ran upstairs he checked the door for heat he was worried about a flashover so he did not open the door this is critical for a storyline later on and he explains that he knew what a flashover is because he's a volunteer firefighter. So, well, he said firemen. And I was like, yeah. you sexist CSI firefighter. Like, how hard is it to just say firefighter? <laughs> he's a volunteer fire. He's a volunteer fireman. And so he went outside and he called a rig. He also tells Grissom that he doesn't know how the gas got in the bedroom, that he did, in fact, buy gas, but he 
bought gas for the lawnmower. It was kept in the garage outside. He, at some point in talking to Carissa, puts his hand up on the glass or the plastic that separates them. And so you can very obviously see like a wound slash scar on his hand. Grissom asks, how did you get that burn on your hand? And Mr. Damon replies that he doesn't remember, which Grissom fairly is like, if you got third degree burns, you would remember how you got third degree burns. And I think, I think that's true. I think you'd you'd probably remember. Like I I have been mildly burned and I remember it. Yeah. I I remember anything close to a second degree burn I've ever received. Yes. Yeah. I will say that I was surprised that Grissom was like in this scene, wasn't already calling this guy out. Yes, he seems um, to be letting a lock go. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. And there's a couple more, I think, exchanges in this scene. But I did write down that the guy clearly burned his hand from opening the door. But I also wrote, "There's no way this guy went out to get ice cream." Yeah, I, I'm glad and that so that I was. Did, a... I didn't know. I didn't know what it was going to be. But I was like, okay. But so you were like, clearly, he didn't get the ice cream. He clearly left for some other reason. And I think I had the. The, the appropriate thought in the back of my mind but i actually moved away from it and later on but i have like one more prediction that doesn't really come into play for this until later but that okay. turned out to be incorrect and then i made an additional prediction which also ended up being incorrect all kind of related to the gasoline okay uh, part okay. of the story so okay yeah. so as Nick pointed out, Grissom seems to not be pushing back on him too much, but and so he agrees to take the case. So we then move to Grissom, Warwick, and Sarah arriving at the arson scene. They give us a kind of quick rundown that what the fire doesn't destroy, firefighters do. And not yeah. obviously, this is nothing, this is not a slight against firefighters. I have known firefighters. On They're the just doing their crime job. Crime scene. At the crime scene. The evidence, yeah. They're ruining the evidence. Because they're trying to secure to be- the the residence and trying to prevent a spread of fire. So and it doesn't help the crime scene, but it helps obviously keep other people safe. So this is not a be, slight against firefighters by any fair, stretch of the they, imagination. To be fair, they say what the fire doesn't destroy. And the fire would destroy all the evidence if the firefighters weren't involved. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And... They walk to the son's room. Sarah notes that it looks like he's going to go camping. They find waterproof matches. They then move on to the master bedroom or the parents' bedroom. They note that the outside door frame is charred and they seem very confused by this. They also notice, quote unquote, rubber on the door handle, which we learn pretty soon afterwards what that actually is. We also learn that the point of origin for the fire was the closet and inside of that closet there are shards of glass that have melted into the concrete of the floor they they also had a scene didn't they go through the bedroom of the sun yes i said they go to the kid's bedroom they realize he's going to go camping they find the waterproof matches so my my prediction at this point was that i was thinking like oh mom and dad they had a fight or dad was out late or something and the kid was playing like fort camping in the bedroom mm. yeah and yeah. the glass was going to be related to a camping lantern oh, okay yeah yeah yeah. And like the, a carry that, like a carry yeah. lantern yeah yeah and like that could you know be whatever you know the kid doesn't know maybe they were planning to go on a camping trip and so he had supplies he brought him in the house and i thought like oh maybe the gas or something like white gas or, i don't know but something was gonna be for the lantern uh, which also didn't turn out to be true, but yeah. We also realize that there is no trailing, meaning that 
the accelerant wasn't like poured all over the room yeah, and then drip. lit ablaze that it was, you know, very concentrated in one tiny area, but it, there wasn't trailing, which is what you would normally find in an arson case. We then pop over to an, our other storyline and we see Catherine with a mom at the corner. We learned that this is Mrs. Hillman. She does ID her son. And I want to give this actress credit that I thought she did a very good job of doing the like silent crying. Like, yep, that's my son. Shake, like head, head nod. Catherine and the mom then end up talking in the hallway. We learned that Joey, the victim's hearing was fine. We also learned that the mom, Mrs. Hillman, has an older son named Danny who roped Joey into basically the lifestyle of, of running and, and not the good, like go out and get, 3k in the (laughs) the running bets lifestyle when the five the 5k you get yeah not the 5k not is is cash 5k cash yeah 5k cash five five kilometers yeah a little bit different and the mother lets us know that they wear remote earpieces and that's how they talk to their boss so it wasn't a hearing aid that he was wearing it was a remote earpiece i did i didn't write it down i wasn't very confident in it but i did at this point think did the kid kill his own brother? Okay. Because I, and I, and I think, I don't I, know if it had come up yet, but they were talked about like routes later on. And yes, I don't think it's come out maybe, yet. Maybe his brother. And I think that's when I thought it. And I was like, no, they, I think that they would have done the scene differently if they, if they were going to go in that direction. But yeah, for a short, for a short like minute, I thought that the older brother was going to be the killer. Okay. That's fair. We then go to Grissom, Sarah, and Warwick coming back to HQ. They're bringing in evidence from the arson case. Grissom ends up talking to Eckley. Grissom is posing the question of like, hey, why is there no trailing in this crime scene if you think it's an arson? And Grissom is sort of trying to diffuse the situation and telling Eckley that they're, you know, they're just a bunch of, they're just a couple of science geeks. Like, why are we getting all up in arms about this? We're just a couple of science geeks. And Eckley obviously does not take this well. We then go to Catherine and Nick talking to Warwick about runners because they are clueless. They have no idea what is going on with this case whatsoever. So they have to go to the resident gambler, aka Warwick, to find out what's going on. And Warwick tells them that... You know, these runners all work for the same guy. When he was a runner, you know, back in college, his boss was called, quote unquote, The Voice. And he doesn't think that The Voice or whoever the boss is now is who they should be targeting, that they really should be looking at other runners. So he's Mm -hmm. telling them, hey, go and talk to other runners. And that's how you're going to get your information. Yeah, I think this is when I thought, Oh, did the older brother kill because he's not around? And, you know, maybe that his younger, he got his younger brother and his younger brother somehow ended up with a better route and wouldn't switch with him or something. And then I was like, mm, no, nah, probably not. Yeah. Like, mm, no, I'm going to vote now. And although I never really, I, I will say this episode got me. I did not see this coming. And oh, I didn't okay. get to watch this. I didn't get to do a second watch on this one. Oh, but okay. I wanted to see if the killer sneezed earlier coughed in an earlier scene i think he like sniffled in an earlier scene but i don't think that he yeah. like he officially like sneezed or but no I yeah don't think I, I might go back and check that it was the one thing i wanted to, to double yeah, check, double check. okay so we see sarah walking into grissom in the in the middle of an experiment warwick quickly joins her he proves the flashover happened they realize that the outside of the door had alligatoring which suggests that 
Damon lied and he did in fact open the door. So we Damon, then oh Damon lies an awful like for a guy He lies kinda, a lot. Who really wants to clear himself a like lot. And you reach out to this dude, and he's your last hope, and you just lie you just to him. You keep lying to him. And then when he con- and I, I think he's, are we about to get to the scene when you confront him? Then he still yes, lies he confr- to him. Well, one of the he confronts him on one of the lies here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's like you're still lying, and you're still not telling the truth. It's like yep. it's like, dude, no wonder your lawyer doesn't want to back yeah, the case. You get anybody else involved. You're not telling your lawyer the truth either. Right. Right. So we then see Grissom arriving at the prison. We see Damon with a woman on the bench. We learn that the woman is his quote-unquote sister at this oh, point in time this put, is his sister i put sister in quotes literally uh, yeah at this point and then i thought i was wrong because they don't really bring it up again for a long time no not until like the very end really it's well like she's last, a little weird like, what, she's a like little weird about scene? it yeah in the last few scenes she's a little weird about it but and this is when and i and i i wonder how grissom got this past jail security and i say this as someone who has a relative that worked as a prison guard at some point that he was able to bring a doorknob into a jail like you were able to bring what could very easily be turned into a weapon into a jail on the visitor's side you can't pass through the class yeah but even still you're you're probably 100 right you probably would not it does not seem right so although maybe if you're a csi supervisor you go yeah maybe you can do it so he side entrance he asked mr damon to open up his hand the one that has the burn pattern on it and he and he places the doorknob in his palm and says this is like the same type of doorknob that was in your house and they aren't separated by glass in this scene no they're like sitting next to each other in this scene they're like in an open room together in this scene oh yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. they were in the glass in the first scene of the phone that's why i was thinking like that would have less security yeah no yeah right this is like they're in a room he's definitely in the like yeah he could definitely pass anything he wanted to a prisoner here he would never be allowed in without you would never be allowed in with it and so this is when mr damon admits that he doesn't. He didn't want anyone to know that he opened the door because he is a volunteer firefighter. But in the heat of the moment, and I did not mean that as a pun, he forgot everything. And so now we see a new reenactment where he does open the door, and we see this flash over. We see this like flash of heat, and Mr. Damon says that he quote unquote let the monster out. He then he then closed the door so that the entire house wouldn't go up, and the firefighters could like actually reach his family and the host the whole house wouldn't be destroyed he tries to say that he did kill his family but not in the sense of like i started the fire killed the family but i killed my family because i opened the door and i caused the flash over flash over to happen and grissom is trying to reassure him that like hey don't worry carbon monoxide totally killed them before that happened. or just like general heavy smoke insulation lack yeah. of oxygen yeah don't worry the, about it the reason the fire wasn't on fire was because there was enough oxygen your family but at the very least, have just been passed out from apoxia. Yeah, yeah. So. Just a lack of oxygen, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. We then head back to Nick and Catherine. They're back with the teller. He ends up pointing out another runner, a 702. Nick and Catherine talk to him at the bar for a little while. We then go to Warwick at the arson scene, and Grissom, like, sneaks up behind him <laughs> and startles Warwick. <laughs> They end up finding a heater in the kind of like heap of stuff that the firefighters had moved. And they quickly determined that that could have overloaded the house electricity. At this point, I was convinced. Okay, was it a camping stove? Space heater. Space heater has oil in it. Space heater could have crystal rods Mm. or glass or something like that. Yeah, Yeah. Especially like 
two thousand space heaters yeah, or this guy could have had this from since like the nineties. Like, mm-hmm. you know, probably because space heaters are a big cause of fires. I was like, oh, okay. The space heater caused the fire. Like, it was the oil. They're going to realize that, like, it's the oil from the space heater that was the accelerant and had nothing to do with the gas. But, yeah, no, that was also incorrect. <laughs> yes, yes, it, it does end up being incorrect. But good, but, yeah. but good thought process. It also made me wonder at this point, did they not check the garage for gasoline they never for the one there's gallon never, of gasoline there's never that he bought up. yeah there's never yeah. follow-up on that front you would think like it's not that hard to just see and and not saying that that would absolve him but at least it would like add credibility to his story if like to he didn't alibi, find yeah. like you know a, a a gallon container in his in his yeah. garage or his or like you could probably tell if like his lawnmower burned down right like if it was in the garage and it caught on fire that gas would have burned and left the same traces, like heavy amounts of accelerant. Yeah. Behind. But yeah, they never really get to that. No, they don't. No. They, they don't do anything to prove his story. They just sort of look for new evidence. Yes. The whole episode, yeah. Yes. Yep. So they check the breaker box for the bedroom. They then take out the outlet from the bedroom. Mm-hmm. We then pop on over to Catherine with a lab, a, a nondescript lab tech. She's asking about DNA and mucus. Totally, we can get DNA out of mucus. He's going to go ahead and start a profile. David then walks up and tells Catherine that someone is waiting for her in reception. So Catherine walks out to find the mom, Mrs. Hillman, there with her son, Danny. And then we move to interrogation. And this is where Danny admits that he lost 30K of his boss's money. So he... He took money that was, you know, he was a runner. He took money that was, like, designed for bets and used it to bet himself and he lost it and he didn't think to tell his brother that anyone would maybe go after him for retribution that this is why he's been missing this is why he has been missing yes is because he thinks that there are people after him because he lost 30k of his boss's money he thinks to next week He's dead, and we have to solve that murder, too. So he thinks another runner killed his brother, and Nick asks for the, you know, his mom doesn't want him to give up any exact names because she doesn't want to lose another son, so she doesn't want him to give exact names as to who he think might have killed his brother. So Nick kind of gives him a pass and lets him know, hey, just give us the frequency that you operate on for your earbuds. And so they get the frequency that they're operating on. We then see Grissom in the lab. Eckley shows up and Grissom is trying to say that the cause of the fire was faulty wiring. Eckley is saying that it's a waste of time to, you know, follow this train of thought. Grissom then points out that the wire burned from the inside out, meaning that the the fire started from the wall. And Eckley brings up the ever-present question of like, then why is there accelerant in the closet, right? If this was just a, an outlet overcharging or overheating, why is there accelerant in the closet? We then go to Grissom back with Damon. He doesn't know why there's accelerant in the closet. This ever-burning question, he doesn't know. He has no idea. He basically tells Grissom that he must be like, you know, I guess I'm a dead man. You know, like he can't explain why there's accelerant in the closet. So, you know, because he can't answer that, obviously, that must be the end for him. This guy would make a pretty bad firefighter, by the way. I agree. He he can't remember something that happened not that long ago that was traumatic to him. 
Yeah. Well, and he doesn't really have a comprehension of what would or would not count as an accelerant. Also true. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm kind of glad he didn't make it. I'm glad that his his volunteer fire firefighter position well, maybe, did not maybe. go to a full time firefighter yeah. position. It's, it's not really clear at the end of the episode. Is he is he a freedman? Yes. Yeah, I guess so. Like he could yeah. still apply to be a firefighter. Yeah, he could. I don't know if he'd get hired. <laughs> I yeah. It might not look good that your your wife and son died in a fire when you're trying to apply well, to that's, be a that's why he want, He'd be like, that's why I want to become a firefighter. Yeah, yeah. Full I time. still think that that's not, a, that's not a great. So we move on to our other storyline, and we see the sergeant with a group of runners. They are there, quote-unquote, voluntarily. They swab their noses to obviously try to match them to the mucus traces that they got. I put a note here that I thought it was hilarious that they use their runner numbers on the vials instead of their yep. actual names. What yeah, been, what are we doing here, CSI? That, well, what no, it, are we doing here? It's even it's even better. It's not the runner number. I think it's I thought it's, it was their it's, runner number. It's, the, it's their like casino ID number for that one casino that they've been interacting with. That's why the guy knows them as that number. Like that's the yeah, but that's a runner. He said that that's their runner number. That's how he knows them is by their runner numbers. Oh, because there's not like a hundred runners. There's just like a dozen of them. Yeah, no, I know that, but I think that that's uh, their, like, numbers. I thought it was, like, their, their, like, bidder number, like, their whatever, like, their, the the way the casino identifies them. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'll have to double check. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll watch the episodes we get time anyways. (laughs) And have two unanswered questions. Here we go. And make a good uh, tweet. Yes. I mean, sorry, a good X post. Oh, whatever, call it a tweet. I don't, I don't care. I still go to Twitter when I go to log in to to update our... To update our, our Twitter, so we then they find no match, so none of the runners Nick match the mucus, and he's had, very upset about this. Nick had bet a hundred dollars. Yes, this with one really of the runners important. that it was that it was one of the runners, and yeah. Nick bet incorrectly because it was none of these runners. So now he owes Zero this guy hundred dollars, but has yes, no does. cash on him. Got no cash. So he's going to have to track him down later. Mm-hmm. Which comes into play. We then go to Grissom counting the matches. Sarah walks in. Grissom is letting her know that all the matches found in the son's bedroom are there. So he doesn't think that the son is the one that started the fire. Sarah has a theory, though, that hydrocarbons are found in all sorts of things. So it doesn't necessarily have to be gasoline as the accelerant. It could be any number of things like that hydrocarbons are found in. Not not that, though. <laughs> I still thought I was right at this point. <laughs> not that, though. We And then Grissom, Warwick, and Tara head back to the house where they learn that it is being cleaned by the crime scene cleanup. We head back to HQ. We go to Chris Grissom confronting Eckley. Eckley tries to play it off, saying that the house cleanup has been on the book for months. If Grissom had checked it, he would have known this. Grissom knocks the coffee pot out of his hand, and it shatters on the ground. There's a very dramatic scene where Grissom stares at the shattered glass and then we like flash back to the crime scene shattered glass all I could think is these this is where he realizes if the space heater got like kicked over and then shorted <laughs> Nick is would, really it, holding on to this theory he's really holding I on really to it. still thought I was right I mean, they right. were just they like came up with this other thing and I was like wait where did this come from 
I will want to. I do want to say one other thing, which is that I thought the idea not only that Grissom didn't know this cleanup was going to happen, but it's also a failing of both Sarah and Work, who are also working this case. Either one of them could have been looking at the notes and seen that this was scheduled. Yes. And yeah, there was like, there was multiple points where they failed something. in learning this. So yeah. we go to Grissom talking to the quote unquote sister in the jail. Grissom asks her how Mr. Damon was as a, you know, a father and a husband. And her response was that Frank was a wonderful father, but very purposely leads out, leaves out anything to do with him as a husband doesn't mention anything in his husband husbandly duties just that he was a great father we then go to grissom talking to mr damon he is telling mr damon about the incident with eckley in the coffee pot this is where mr damon admits to another lie and says that he didn't leave to buy ice cream he was actually leaving his wife and this caused his wife to throw a bunch of items at him so this is where grissom is like okay cool, what did she throw at you? This could be really important for the case. Can you tell me what she threw at you? So he te- he says a few things, and then he says a vase. And I had to note that Grissom asked some leading questions here. This is another Grissom, yep. you're leading the witness. Stop leading the witness questions. Like, he's like, are you sure it was a vase? Could have been something similar to a vase. You're leading the witness, Grissom. Stop leading the witness. So he, Mr. Damon ends up finally admitting that it was a glass lamp, a kerosene lamp that his wife had thrown at him. And so the space heater had overheated, generating sparks, which then lit the kerosene from the lamp. And that's what caused the fire. We, All I can think is, who has a kerosene lamp in their house? I have no idea. I'm sure that's a thing. I'm, I'm sure, sure it is a thing, but I have some like old stuff in my house. That is not one of the things I have in my house. Like I have some old lamps in my house because my mom's an antique dealer. So some of the stuff in my house is old. And I love it. Don't get me wrong. Give me that old stuff. But I, I bet it wouldn't be filled with kerosene. It would not be filled with kerosene. No, it and would I bet probably if you be threw emptied it across out across the point. room, you would clean it up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you wouldn't was, just let it like soak into your carpet. That was the most. That that was the one part of the episode. I was I, maybe it's because I was so heavy on this space heater plot line, <laughs> but I was kind of like, really? That's and then the guy doesn't even think of it. Like, yeah, yeah, it doesn't stick 80, enough in his memory to like stand of, out as an important <laughs> moment in this and interaction. He's had a lot of downtime, you know. Yeah, he's a lot of time to think about this. Like, you should you should have a better remembrance. Like, if I was innocent and I was like trying to remember anything I could remember that might help my case, you would think that he would have already remembered that just in a sense of. I also suspect like immediately following the fire, let's say by the next morning he was talking to somebody. Sir, can you tell me what happened prior to the fire? Right. But he was lying, right? Like he, he 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 already, he already crafted his lies at that point. Like even if you didn't want to tell them that you had a fight with your wife and she threw a lamp at you, you would think about it at that point, be like, oh crap. Yeah, like my wife threw a lamp at me. Was that her weird kerosene lamp that she threw at me? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my lord, that probably made the fire even worse. Oh, I crazy. That might have that that might have contributed to the problem that we had at hand here. Yeah, I, I worry about how how. I actually am not entirely sure a jury would necessarily eat up this this, adi- this additional take 
Yeah. Like I think a prosecutor. Yeah, could I think still I think we. I, I think there has to be a lot of sus- a sp- uh, suspension of disbelief in this case, wherein this guy has lied several times. Like Grissom has caught him in a lie several times, and we're led to believe that despite catching him in a lie several times, we are now to believe him. Yeah. Even though we have caught him in a lie more than once. Yeah, and I think that like Grissom could be called to testify in court that this story isn't reliable because right because he he lied he not, multiple times. Did he not lie to you and change his story multiple right. times? Right, uh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he did. did. He totally did. But then I went on a roller coaster and I felt better about it. <laughs> exactly. That's all you need in life. I wish I had roller coasters closer to me so that when I was having a bad day, I could just hop on a roller coaster and feel better. You could. Just gotta move to Canopy Lake or. I'm not moving to New Hampshire. No, please. So we move away from the storyline for a bit. We head to Nick. He's back talking to the teller. He's trying to drop off cash for the runner for the bet. Like he's he's trying to owe up his part of this bet. And he's trying to leave cash for the runner that he owes the $100 to. He notices that the teller has a fancy watch. And before Nick can like fully walk away, the teller sneezes. And this is it. This is all Nick da, needs da, to know da. that he is the killer. I so also love that he, he sneezes on like a glass pane. Yes, on a glass pane, which is similar so like, to like sneezing on the um, window of yep. the, the backseat of the car. I do not think that was an accident. He yeah. sneezed into his sleeve, but like it just also shows that he doesn't cover up when he sneezes. Yeah, he doesn't cover up when he sneezes. Cover up when you sneeze, guys. If COVID has taught us anything, sneeze into your elbows, my friends. Yeah, that guy could have got someone killed with this COVID. If he had Seriously, COVID. he could have infected somebody. And so we see the true reenactment in which the teller kills Joey. And we learn that the motive behind the murder was that he wanted Joey's old route. Because he kept saying, like, oh, I'm leaving this job. I have a new job. Like, I'm leaving this job in a week. I'm going to a new job. Right. His new job that it was that he was taking over joey's and route and so that's why he killed him rarely do i want to give credit to a murderer but kudos for giving like a two-week notice when you're gonna leave your 12 dollar an hour teller yeah job for a 2g a week for, job for a two thousand dollar a week job yeah and not just starting that right away and yeah. not being there when yeah. nick showed up yep yeah. yep Yep. You would have got away with it too. Yeah, I know. He really if but you he, weren't giving your notice. But he's trying to be he was trying to be a, a consummate professional and putting in his notice and staying, you know, giving them some time to find a replacement. Oh, in case it didn't work out, you know. Yeah. Yeah. We then go back to our main storyline. Mr. Damon is being released. Grissom is there to give him a ride? Question yep. mark. I Again, thought this was very weird and uncomfortable. Very improper, probably, given I the, would think the so. fact that like he could still be charged. Yes, and like it, and then it then it looks acquitted. like Grissom is like in his pocket by like going being there to pick him up directly. Yeah, although all that really does is cast more reasonable doubt on the situation, so it probably make him harder to convict. But mm, still, but his quote-unquote sister is there as well and this is where we learn that it is not his sister mr damon has lied again and he didn't think that person would have helped him if he knew that he was leaving his wife for another woman this woman rachel turns out a firefighter isn't the only thing he's bad at a husband and a father he's also questionable at i mean father i i guess i would take father well if you didn't uh, leave your wife oh, to go okay. sleep with this lady then yeah i guess so yeah her. well I, so i guess I that mean, leads you're, but you're right you're, so i guess you're, that I, I mean to be fair that does lead into like the final 
quotes of the episode where Mr. Damon says, like, he thought he was going to feel free. He doesn't feel free. And Grissom says, you feel responsible. Yeah. And Kudos yeah, the, to, the thing um, is, like, if he hadn't left that night, what what might have happened had he not left his wife and his son that night? And for whatever reason, right? Like, who cares what your reason was? Had you not left that night, whether it was for Rachel, whether it was for whatever else, maybe could, your wife and your son would still be here. Kudos to Rachel, though. I mean, she's really put up with a lot. She's really stuck by him in this situation. She really has stuck by him. So, I mean, he was going to leave his wife for her. So he's, yeah. he's, he's certainly shown an act or two of faith. So Yeah, but I'll, I'll just say, as, as someone in the dating world, if someone is willing to cheat on their partner for you, they are willing to cheat on you for somebody else. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Just keep that in, just keep that in mind. You can... You can think that you're, like, the special one, but if they're willing to cheat on someone for you, it it might not take that much for them down the road for them to cheat on you with the somebody data, else. In the data world, we call that a pattern. It's a pattern. <laughs> you're not special. I mean, you are special. Everybody's special. But in this sense, don't. Except, except for you. You know who you are. You know who you are. <laughs> you know. You know. You don't need us to tell you. You, you know deep down inside. All right. Nick, what did you think about this episode? I liked the what I called the B plot a lot more than I liked the A plot. Fair. I actually thought the runner thing that's a great storyline. It's Vegasy. You did they did a good job keeping mixed up. The A plot, I I I was fine with the story. At the end, I was kind of like I felt like they cheated. Mm. You know what I mean? Also, yep. they gave me no chance to predict a kerosene lamp was thrown at no. him. No, they no, gave you I, no chance for that whatsoever. I, I didn't think the guy left to go get ice cream from, like, the first time he delivered that line. Yeah. Which actually might be a good acting. His character, I kind of was like, you know, I didn't never really liked his character, but I sort of chalked that up to being a very realistic human character. Like, all those flaws yes. of you should just tell people what happened are very human flaws. Yes. Where you won't tell mm-hmm. people when you know you should. Yep. Because of some other hubris or pride fault that you have. So I, I kind of liked all that. And then at the end, it's like, did she throw it? Oh, she threw a vase. Oh, oh, you're right. It was a kerosene lamp. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah. The leading questions. To yeah. The, the, yeah. They, they should have stuck with a space heater idea. But, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I... This is not my least favorite episode, but I will say I had a twinge of the plane episode where I was like, when I realized that this was our next episode, I was like, ooh, I don't particularly like this one. I dislike the plane one a lot more than I dislike this one, but I really don't like this one. And I think similar to you, storyline B totally fine like nothing extraordinary but like totally fine storyline b i just think that storyline a like i get i think you're right that we're we're mr damon is supposed to be a very flawed human being and maybe there's an artistic point there right that he's that there is ambiguity right because at the end he's like oh you know you learn that he's been cheating on his wife and you know like it's i think there's supposed to be some level of ambiguity where you're like wait did he kill us why? No, I guess the evidence says he didn't. But I think I think they're kind of leaving you with a little bit of like, but he, but maybe he did, right? Like, mm, like he's not the greatest guy in the world. It's, it's another, not clear cut. Like, oh, he was a really good guy, and 
by unforeseen circumstances, his wife and son died. It is like, like, mm, he's a flawed human being. And could he have killed his wife? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Like, you know, people have killed their spouse to be with somebody else. Like, that is a that has been a very repeated theme throughout history. Right. But well, also, he maybe he just... to leave her for the same reasons, right? Yes. But maybe he was willing to just leave his wife, and then this yeah. happened totally separately from that. So, I, yeah, it's, I, it's fine. It's an okay episode. It's not my favorite episode. I, meh. It's meh. It, it's it's meh. another example, very similar to the airplane episode, where it's like a great idea on paper... Yeah, not the best executed. Another CSI, the guy that you're in opposition to, he thought it was X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And reasonably, like, right? There's a lot of evidence for his conclusion. But you're not that guy. You're the evidence guy. And you see it through regardless of whether there are some lines in there where it's like, I'm just going to, I'll tell you what the evidence says or something, right? right? Right. He's like, Mr. Grissom, are you going to help me? He's like, he's like. He's like, and he goes, I, I might help know. you or hurt you. I don't know. It's just where the evidence goes. Yeah, and I was, and, and like that would have been a great line if I felt like the there was more to it. And he never really find the evidence either. He just had to like ask questions, yes. and get this guy to remember that yeah. real lamp again was led him led him to the answers that he wanted to find. So it's like it's. I feel like the could have written that a better episode I agree. and and that will always sort of weigh down you have, it's like uh, gymnastics right i have no idea what any of these amazingly talented people are doing other than to say that i can't do it but i know that if they don't stick the landing they aren't going to get the gold medal right you're like i know that much i know that much if i know nothing else <laughs> so we're saying face. this episode didn't stick the landing. We'll see. Our next episode that we're going to review is season one, episode 13, Boom. And in the meantime, feel free to find us on Facebook, Who Are You, colon, a CSI podcast. We are also on Twitter, Instagram, and threads at Who Are You, CSI pod. You can also email us at Who Are You, CSI pod at gmail.com. And feel free to tell a friend, hashtag Who Are You, CSI pod. We're monitoring that. We'd love to hear from you guys. And otherwise, we will see you next week. No spoilers. No spoilers.